So I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about the three vehicles, or the three turnings of the wheel. <clears throat> if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, for sure. So I wrote a tweet a couple of uh, weeks ago. And my tweet said this. <clears throat> so I'll repeat it a couple of times so you can really feel it. At first, I wanted to perfect my imperfections. Failed. Then I wanted to perfect my acceptance of my imperfections. Failed. <clears throat> then I wanted to accept my imperfection in accepting my imperfections. Failed. Then I tried to see how I was already perfect. Failed. <clears throat> then I just let go. I won. I'll read it again. At first, I wanted to perfect my imperfections. I failed. Then I wanted to perfect my acceptance of my imperfections. I failed. Then I wanted to accept my imperfection in accepting my imperfections. I failed. Then I tried to see how I was already perfect. Failed. Then I just let go, and I won. Can you guys relate to that at all, or does that make sense? <clears throat> oh yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. So, most of us come to a point in our lives you know, some of us are depressed or have some serious suffering before we reach adulthood. But a lot of us around the age of 18, 19, 20, <clears throat> we sort of grow up and we sort of look at the world and it's a horrible place in a lot of ways. And we are in horrible shape at that point because we've just gotten through childhood and teenagehood and we haven't figured out our lives yet. And a lot of people get consumed by spiritual questions and they deal with them in all sorts of different ways. <clears throat> or they get consumed with some sort of mental challenges. Um, I was 19 years old and horribly depressed. <clears throat> and encountered these teachings on liberation and, and ending suffering. And I think a lot of people come to Buddhism either through like a doorway of psychedelics and they see, okay, there's something way more to life than what I'm seeing on a daily basis. I am, I am something else. I am a spiritual being made of light because that's what I saw when I was on drugs. And now I'm coming back and I'm just like a horribly depressed person, not made of light at all. 
So I want to learn more about that. Or, or you just generally feel like anxious or confused or in pain or heartbroken or you have a physical illness. Like something brings you to meditation or a therapist or medication or whatever it is. Um, and you might feel like the first thing you want to do is fix yourself or end your suffering or get enlightened or find peace. I'm like, oh, mindfulness, cool. That's going to make me achieve a state of Zen or equanimity or peace or some elusive goal that I know is there, but I don't know quite how to get there, or what it looks like. And so it sets up this dualism or dichotomy between where I'm at, which is a depressed, miserable wreck who doesn't know how to live my life, to, well, if I just do this thing, then I'm going to be per I'm going to be perfect. Like I'm going to, I'm going to end my suffering. That's what, that's what this is about. Right. And it's the problem is, is that you're already, you're already perfect. You don't, you don't need fixing. And in fact, most of your suffering comes from all of the ways in which you've attempted to fix things that were unacceptable. So you had a moment in time where something was unacceptable to you and you attempted to fix it either through chasing something else pleasurable or contorting around the painful thing. And so you, you already tried to fix it and it didn't work. And all the sorts of strategies we have like worrying about things or not feeling our sadness and getting depressed about things and angry about things or distracting ourselves with a whole bunch of things in our life, whether it's people or TV or drugs or food or, or whatever, sex, we distract ourselves from this experience we have and then that those strategies just further contract the whole system. To the point now, not only are we deeply hurt inside, but we're confused about how to solve this. <clears throat> So when you start meditation, it seems like this is a way to solve it. But you usually approach meditation, like I put in my little poem there, I want to perfect my imperfections. And this is just extremely painful. And it's funny because the first wave of Buddhism has language that really caters to this mind state. So in some ways it's really not helpful. Like certain types of books you might read about meditation and Buddhism will talk about here's where you are, you're where you are because of your karma and you need to meditate and it's going to take you multiple lifetimes to perfect yourself and to undo all your bad karma that you've accumulated over lifetimes and lifetimes. And then maybe one day after another 50 reincarnations you'll have perfected your soul to be like the Buddha. That's some, some ways it's taught like that. And if you're already someone who has a lot of self-hatred or depression or anxiety or these sorts of things, you already have a large degree of shame and guilt and self-hatred. So then when someone tells you you're a piece of shit and you need to meditate to become better, it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense to me, man. That's right, I've always believed I'm a piece of shit, 
So this meditation validates that for me and it gives me something to do to further validate that I'm a piece of unworthy, useless shit. <clears throat> I know this mind state quite well, because I spent a few years here. But when I let go of that eventually, because I realized that it was not working for me, I said, okay, oh, now I get it. I guess I should accept my imperfections. Okay, I get it now. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I'm just going to accept that. And then that'll be happiness. But Again, trying to accept something, first of all, what if you actually are a piece of shit in certain ways and you have to change your behavior? Like what if you actually have to stop doing something bad? Well, if you accept it as one of your imperfections, you're never going to change the behavior. So acceptance is a very slippery slope. <clears throat> So, accepting your imperfections is not quite it either. Then, I wanted to accept my imperfection in accepting my imperfections. It's like, okay, now I get it. I'm imperfect. I've got all this bad karma. But now I want to... I have to accept that. Um, oh, but even trying to accept that is confusing. So now I just have to accept that... Oh, wait a second. I'm exactly where I was before I started meditating. I'm a confused piece of shit that doesn't know how to get out of this cycle of I keep making my life worse. I keep doing the exact same things that are causing me to suffer. Oh my gosh, this type of person again that's going to abuse me in this way? This just happened last week. I'm trying to meditate to overcome this, but now this person is tempting me to get involved in this cycle again. And it just happened, and I'm not learning. And so, you're just stuck. And then it, nothing makes sense anymore, because you're like, well, okay, this Buddhism stuff doesn't make sense, because my three attempts so far haven't resulted in any change whatsoever. I'm exactly, if anything, I'm worse off than I was, because I wasted all this time sitting and meditating, instead of going out and making money, or getting laid, or whatever it is. So then a lot of people give up at that point. Then I tried to see how I was already perfect. <clears throat> so there's a little bit in here where you move from the original teachings of the Buddha to this kind of idea that um, in the Mahayana teachings that in some ways exemplified by this quote, which is, we don't sit to attain enlightenment, we sit to express the enlightenment that we already have. So if you read Zen Buddhism, they'll talk a lot in this way, that you're already enlightened. You're already perfect. But again, that if we were already perfect, then why do we have to meditate? Or why does everyone I meet not treat me like a Buddha would. Like, these are not, the people that I meet during the day are not like the Dalai Lama. They, there's a clear difference between 
most of the people that I meet. And so it appears that simply living your life like normal, like waking up, having coffee, breakfast, going to Timmy's, going to work, hanging out with friends, watching Netflix, that clearly does not produce an enlightened being. Otherwise, we'd all be enlightened. And from my interactions, I don't know about you guys, that doesn't appear to be the case. So there is something that enlightened people are doing that isn't just simply realizing or saying to themselves, well, I'm already enlightened, so I'm good. I don't need to meditate. I don't need to go to the therapist. I can keep eating junk. I can keep hanging out with junky people. I can, like, what's the point of being a monk? Or what's the point of going on retreat or doing any of this stuff? Delete all your meditation apps because you're already enlightened. So you might get into that mind state, but again, that's not it. So we move to the final version of Buddhism, which we call Vajrayana. Now Vajra means diamond. So you have the Hinayana, the lesser vehicle, the Mahayana, which is the great vehicle, and then you have the Vajrayana, which is the diamond vehicle. <clears throat> and I'm sort of not doing a real history of Buddhism. I'm more talking about you and your mind specifically. You might go through this pattern of, I'm a piece of crap and I've got to do stuff to be better. And then the second phase, you might say, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm already perfect. Therefore, I don't need to do anything. And you might get stuck there too much. And as you move to the third phase, <clears throat> it's the letting go of any goal in particular. It's not, I'm not enlightened. It's not, I'm already enlightened. It's, it's, it's neither of those things, nor is it one of those things, nor is it both of those things. It's a state of mind where you can accept both paradoxical statements that you are totally not a Buddha. You have lifetimes and lifetimes of ancient twisted karma to have to work on and undo to perfect your soul. You are also right now a Buddha. If you could see that, that would be incredible. <clears throat> it is possible to see that right now. But both being not a Buddha and both being a Buddha, then to say you're not one or the other, or both, or neither. You are just this other thing. And if you could realize this, that you are simultaneously working hard on perfecting yourself and also perfect, and you were just letting go in this present moment, that's enlightenment. And it, this is all at the conceptual level that I'm trying to explain this, but these moments of insight, if you keep practicing, will occur to you. Oh yes, this is the part of me that is not yet perfected. This is the part of me that is already perfected. And this is the state of understanding that I have that I am both perfect and imperfect at the same time. Because concepts have to be dualistic, good and bad, light and dark perfect, not perfect. But when the consciousness, when your consciousness settles more into the heart space, 
it is able to encapsulate these contradictory paradoxical ideas where you can see that you are already enlightened, but that does not mean you are able to avoid or escape the hard work of getting enlightened. And the Vajrayana promises enlightenment in this lifetime, that it's the fastest way to enlightenment. But it leaves open the question, if you've had this realization of enlightenment in the Vajrayana tradition, does that mean you no longer have to perfect these other karmic attributes? Does it burn that karma faster? So is it simply your mind state, is it simply your approach or your intention that determines how long it will take you to get enlightened? Like are you, do you want to take the slow path, like the scenic route where you want to take a few lifetimes to do this? Or do you want to get it done right now? And which part of you wants to get it done right now? Is it the wise part of you or the impatient part of you? And which part of you wants to take 10 lifetimes? Is it the wise part of you or is it the, or is it the uh, lazy part of you? So it's so, such a beautiful concept, all of this, because it's all true. It's all contained within the Buddhist path. And to hold paradoxical ideas simultaneously is it one definition of wisdom. So you have to keep practicing, you have to keep meditating, and every moment you also have to realize that there is no practice that can make you be anything other than the perfect thing and self you already are. So I leave you with those words. I hope they're encouraging, uh, they're a little bit of that hashtag, hashtag real talk, but they really express the, the breadth and depth of the Buddhist view of, of development, of like human development. What is it? It's, a, it's, a, it's an embracing of these, these polarities. <clears throat> Any thoughts or questions? No, that was great. Yeah, thanks for that. Sure. Ingrid, every time I look at your picture, it looks like bacon. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, a strip of um, turkey bacon because it looks kind of like the red is kind of like. Oh, that's true. <laughs> if, you, if you blur your eyes a bit, it's like, oh, there's turkey bacon. Very true. Awesome. Oh yeah, Armita, Ingrid is typing because she has like laryngitis or something, so that's why she's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw some messages, got it. Yeah. All right, well I kept you guys over time, so I will let you go, it's 10.30. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right. Good, Good luck night. with your continued practice and have a great night. Thanks. Good night. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.